0: Welcome to the Inside the 8 podcast with your hosts, Jamie Monroe and Colleen McGarity. This podcast is dedicated to all things women's lacrosse. We will break down top games of the week, discuss coaching strategies, and lacrosse recruiting. We will even bring in some of the game's top coaches and players as special guests. And now,
1: here are your hosts, Jamie and Colleen.
2: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Inside the 8 podcast with Colleen McGarity and our special guest today, Michelle Tumalo, the head coach at Wagner. So fired up to have you on, Michelle.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Great company. Yeah, pumped. Pumped up about this conversation. Get to chat to you about lacrosse. Mm-hmm. I think you're actually our first guest. No, maybe a second. Then. We haven't. We've never played on a team together. I know. Played Uh, against each other. Almost, Kyle. Almost. Almost. I almost had had Michelle to Northwestern. Almost. And Northwestern, yeah. Oh, so good. And almost for Philly fire, I I I quit. It was close. close. Retired.
2: You know what I want to do? Just gave me a great idea. I want to get, like, a really sick little three-by tournament down in Philly and just, like, get all the best players that you invite. And let's just play three-by – Yep. Um, pick up games, tennis balls, little nets. We're going to change the location. We're going to
0: do it in Seattle City. Much better place to do it. Yeah. Do it right on the beach. beach. Yes.
2: yes. Yes. Great call. Mm-hmm. I like that much better.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm there. Are as you in? As soon as quarantine ends, all right?
2: Hey, Let's I'm start playing it during so.
0: quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Lefty, lefty. Let's
3: go. Lefty
2: power. We can work our two men.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start working with Hannah. You guys can do your thing. <laughs> She's living in my house, in the quarantine won't well, yes, up. <laughs> I love out.
2: They're quarantining together.
0: Yeah. way to go. You don't want to be alone on quarantine. No, you don't. I've sure. got
2: my gang going in quarantine. My, uh, my son and daughter are both in college. My youngest is in high school, and we play backyard lacrosse and hoops pretty much every day.
3: I was and- going to say, it's probably every day, all day for you guys. <laughs> I'm beyond jealous. I can't imagine being in the Monroe household right now with this quarantine sports right. nation.
1: The
2: best <laughs> is when I, throw on, when, I, when I strap on the box goalie gear and I just let them rip shots on me. for like. I would a love time.
3: that. <laughs> All right, that sounds so fun.
2: Uh, tennis balls only though.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm John Canaris, founder of Oxia Time, a watch company specializing in university branded watches. Before I fell in love with watches, I fell in love with lacrosse. Maybe you've heard of the air gate. Well, that was me in gold that day. We may not have won the national championship, but we did win the Ivy League that year and two years before. The first time we got a ring that we never wore. The second time we got a watch that while it had great sentimental value, the quality didn't match the significance of our achievements or the memories we created. Ever since then, I've looked for a watch with the design and quality that would live up to my experiences at Penn. After 30 years of looking and not finding what I wanted, I decided to build it myself. At Axia Time, we create Swiss-made automatic watches with stylish designs and quality befitting the universities we represent. Premium watches without the premium price. Check us out at axiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A time.com.
2: Um, all right, Colleen, why don't you kick us off with some questions?
0: Um, all right, I'll start it off. Um, so, you know, big season for you at Wagner ended abruptly. Mm -hmm. I was actually thinking about this. What is one thing right now, and I'm going to get into more of the X's and O's question that you're like missing most about your team? Like what thing at practice or what part of game day? Yeah. What is something that you're like, oh, I miss it so much.
3: I just talked about this too, because it's like, so every single day, it's like the connections you have with your players and like the energy and the life they bring you. I know you probably feel the same about like your kids at school and at, you know, um, club, like they just like light up your life. And I love, um, the energy my team brought to practice every single day and like I miss that I miss the connections I miss the laughs I miss the intensity I miss the nerves of a game day I miss all that stuff and and also just like the hard work of a practice like what you feel like after a practice as a coach and a player like I'm missing that so much and it's it's weird because that's all we're used to right we've practiced and played our whole lives like no matter what sport we were playing and we gave it our all and it's weird to just like not have that um and that's definitely what I'm missing is that those connections and that energy and that hard work and passion just that like lights up your life every single day and practicing games
0: yeah I feel yeah it's so hard to replica that in some way yeah. in your quarantine life even okay. yesterday Hannah and I were on a run and I'm like oh my gosh like let's just go one more mile because like you okay. get the kind of glimpse of like all right, we have to work really hard because we'll feel like yeah, competitiveness. More. Yeah. Like just like that <laughs> little bit of edge. We're going a little faster. <laughs> i keep up with you too. <laughs> um going yeah. on to that just like culture that you have. Um, what were your practices like? Were they fast paced? Were you you're so crafty and stick work savvy and you know, you have a great IQ on the offensive end. What were your designs like at practice?
3: Yeah. Um you know, going from Oregon to Wagner, I wanted to replicate kind of the same type of practice. Um, we tried to keep it at two hours. Um, not to, you know, bore the kids. They should never be bored no matter what. But it's it's quick, but it's also efficient. Um, and you're not dragging them through a drill. If they're not getting it, they're not getting it, right? And we'll we'll come back to it. And yes, there's explanations and you're stopping drills and you're showing them. But, you know, I don't want to sit there and do a drill for 40 minutes and be like, oh, crap, like we only have, you know, this much more time to go over stuff. So um, I like to be quick and efficient, but also have that creative flair of the stick work, right? We worked every single day on stick work for about 20 to 30 minutes. The first thing we did, if it was moving, it was stationary. It was different stuff every single day. Um And we made everyone do it, right? Like, we're making the goalies do BTBs and the defenders. I'm sure you did the same thing at Northwestern. Like, that's what I learned at camp. Like, everyone, if they can get to a level of creativity with their stick, they're going to be more confident on the field against anyone, and and no matter what they're doing. So, yeah, like, we we had a lot of fun at practice. And, and, you know, some days went better than others. Some days were great. Some days, you know, you walk out and you're like, crap, that didn't feel great, but you're on to the next, you know? And we learn and we build from it. so yeah, practices were fun for sure. And I would obviously hop in the drills and play with them as
0: well. <laughs> I'm sure you did. That's great about getting everyone to do everything. Obviously, you know, I love that part of Northwestern. I actually um, also learned it from basketball, you know, other yep. fellow basketball mm-hmm. lover that like in Europe, their post players do all the guard drills. So their posts become very good ball handlers. Yep. And I was like, oh, I love that because you're not like just, you know, putting people in a box like you're exactly. a defender you're a goalie you shouldn't do the stick work you shouldn't do that and like everyone and you kind of
3: find out like new things about players like I found yeah. out um at Oregon we created this beast of an attacker from a defender that had never played if you remember Jamie um uh Josu Balaga like you wouldn't ever see that side of a player if you're not really focusing on the stick work for everyone and mm-hmm. she was a, our leading scorer almost um, in our her senior year so it's it's awesome to see that so I, I took that to work, um to Wagner and just creating and seeing that in everyone you know it's, it's awesome to see and, and it makes them think outside the box and see the other side of things.
2: Mm-hmm. I went out to watch a few Oregon practices a couple of years yeah, ago mm-hmm. watching you and Katrina out there playing um, was so much fun and the way you guys ran your practice with you know, drills that were fun, but that would allow kids to make a lot of decisions and, and, and learn the game. And then the, the, yeah. the skills that you guys displayed were incredible. My question is, how are you getting kids to actually use these skills in games? Because like what, what, what can happen is you can teach them, you build it up, you know, you work on a stationary, you work on a moving, you work on a three on twos from behind, next thing you know, the kids can all throw sweet BTBs like Kylie Olmiller, but then exactly. they don't, right? Exactly. For whatever reason. So what, what's your solution on that?
3: That's a good question because I also do, right? Like we're not trying to just be flashy. Like sometimes a player overplays my right or left hand and the BTB is just way more open than having to switch hands back up, you know, pass. And some people have it easier than others and see it easier than others that's what i was trying to do in practice is like okay this is why you should throw a B2B at this moment right. um, and yes i'm getting to that level with wagner it's a little bit different beast than a northwestern and a syracuse and an in oregon in a way. um you know and we're getting there but i think just like showing them in a way of like okay this is how the the, the play can develop if you do this um, not just, okay, this looks sweet, right? Like, look how cool this BTB looks, right? Like, oh, you pass it to my right hand, the defender slides. Okay, the BTB is open. That's kind of what we showed at Oregon as well. Um, you know, and we're still getting to a point, you know, at, at Wagner to to get those BTB passes and shots in. It's, it's still yeah, yeah. developing. Um, but I think showing them in game-like situations and practice is the most realistic. Right, Um, right. Instead of just, just throwing a BTB no reason you just to so do was- i
2: know it's kind of painful when like kids are like just transferring the ball and then you hear like yay nice PTB," and it's really not the right yes. application <laughs> um but um but it's not just BTBs. BTB, a behind the back pass is a deceptive pass it's it's, yeah. it's hard to defend because yeah. you, you can't really defend the wrong side of somebody yeah. and nobody sees it coming but this concept of transfer from practice to games, it's true yeah. with your rocker. It's true with any hesitation move, all yes. fakes. Um, yeah. Literally, all, all deception, you know, to me, deception might be the, the biggest indicator of what I would call fluency of understanding how to play. Um, I agree. That's my eternal quest is to try to find out how do you get people to do that? Because I feel like it's the difference between good and great. What was the number one word out of Gary Gates, you know, mouth? It was deception, right? He that's talks true. about it all the time.
3: That's like what I felt like we were, our offenses were always deception, you know, like doing the flips, fake flips. You never knew what the heck was coming next. And even if you did, you still couldn't stop it sometimes because it was like, shoot. Like, you know, if you see Emily Harris truck coming on a fake flip or a flip, you're like, okay, I know it's coming, but she's, you know, um, and that's exactly what like I've been instilled in my brain. And I do have to give credit to Northwestern because that's one of the first camps I went to and I, like learned and watched like that's who i watched in in high school and i said that in the podcast that i did with paul too i was like the players i was watching were the hannah nielsens were the katrina Dowds, were the christian chelmans and the hillary bowens and you know like that is the offense and the creative mindset like i wanted to instill you in know as a coach and a player and then i learned from gary and it was like that is it like that 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 is it that that question uh, i mean that that word um and I think it's a lot of watching, too. Like, you've got to watch cross to see it as well. You can't, you can't just be like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like, watch yourself, watch other players, do it in practice, but also build the confidence for them to feel that, you know. If they make a mistake or, um, you know, they're not doing the right thing, they're not going to have the confidence to go do it in a game. So I think building confidence in practice and, you know, watching a lot of great players as well as and wanting to mimic them in, in a game as well. So, yeah, it's
0: deception, man.
2: <laughs> Deception, it's the name of the game.
0: Deception. I think you said a, a great word, just watching, which so many young girls just really don't value. I know. And I, I can't know. say I did as a high school player either. Yeah. Even in college, I took for granted yeah. film. I'd be like, oh, I have film. Yeah. I'm like, all right, what am I going to
2: learn from this film? Right. Um, I have a great idea for you, Colleen. Yeah. Start putting stuff you want girls to watch on TikTok. seriously they'll watch it there
0: yeah um but this time I'm thankful for film like I get that's what I had to do with my high school girls is watch some film together let's have some individual meetings let's watch ourselves let's watch other players and like that's what you need to emulate that's what you need to be like and sure they need to see and like what if I you know don't have a net I'm like just go practice the move and don't shoot just go in your backyard you know what I mean? Like or shoot a tennis ball against your fence. Like I don't yeah. know what you're doing. But Yeah. That's you
3: know. that's so true. As like I think about my situation right now. I'm like, I I can't go to a field, I can't go to a turf, I can't go to a nap. but I'm like, I could walk around my apartment and dodge like a chair. <laughs> I'm like, I can I can cradle. I'm like my dog wants to bite my head off. And that's a defense, you know, a defense net mechanism. I gotta cradle around him and not get checked. Like I am like trying to think of everything possible and also you know abide by the guidelines that New York state has put in place you know and that's basically don't go anywhere right
0: um, so yeah i agree um back yeah. onto the whole deception tricks what you learned for your offensive game what was your basic wagner motion that you're doing with your girls yeah um
3: we were doing we had a few um we had a few motions that were not super like A goes to B, right? Because we want that creativity and we don't want the, you know, the the defense to know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, We did incorporate a lot of flips. We incorporated a lot of, you know, dodge to feed. Um, You know, it was more like a, you got to always be moving. And if you're, you're watching the ball, you're not doing something, right? So we're constantly moving and using the seven threats. And I think that that's something we worked on from the second we got on campus to literally the day we got, we heard that our, you know our season was ending um when we're seven threats and we're all contributing even if it's a cut backdoor hard like that is that is helping and i think that that's something that i've like been trying to create in their minds that like you all got to do something you know and um it was basically nothing crazy i mean flips up top come off hard um cut through hit behind come off a pick off ball backside, create from behind as well and creating from all sides um and we did really well against Colgate. Um, we had 19, 19 goals on the board and, and we had like seven different scorers. And when we're playing like that, we're unstoppable. Um, you know, and we had plays here and there, but it was more about creating emotions. And I don't right. know if that's what you guys believe in as well. And I know there's different people that believe in different things, but you know, I think a little bit of both is good as well.
0: For sure. No, I totally agree. And I, I always get in that battle in, in the club seeing where people call plays are like the same best player. I'm like, awesome. This girl's really good at top dodging, but like I'm trying to get my girls to understand lacrosse. Like if there's like wherever it's at, like see that you should cut back doors, see that you should run a two-man, see that you should come off of, of, you know, an off-ball pick. Like, yes, you can set up a play to score every time, but it's not what it's about. You know, it's really about, and like when you get to your level, you need them to be smart lacrosse players.
3: Yeah, and like, uh. work of different defenses and whatnot, like
0: exactly.
3: – Yeah. Yeah. I know. We worked on that a lot. Like, we worked on two-man, right? We were – and it, some came easier to others, and they, they were good at it sometimes, but it wasn't like our bread and butter. You know, a, like, mm-hmm. right now I feel like Northwestern is so good at two-man. Um, Syracuse so good at two-man. You know what I mean? It just comes more natural, but we're working on it, and we worked on it a lot. Um, but since it wasn't so natural for us, I wasn't going to go drive it in their heads every single day mm-hmm. and make a play out of it. For the- sure. The- so – but, I, I mean, I love to play it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I want to ask you more about fake flips but before I do it. It just popped into my head for all the people in the quarantine life that do have a dog. Dogs are actually amazing to practice your deception on because they They're will amazing. react the same way humans will. So if amazing. you, like, jab at them and, like, get into an athletic posture and jump into it, they will get into that exact same posture.
3: You gotta look back at my Instagram. I I Instagram when I was at Oregon. Flanders literally playing defense on me. Like I was like I had a split. Out she came back to my. I was like oh shoot. Gotta oh my god. You're so right.
2: They're so quick. And then like if you can incorporate, you know, throwing the ball to him every now and then, you can start working on your wind up. And by the way, dogs are smart. They don't fall for the same wind up. And you have to start (laughs) actually multiple hitching. And then sometimes if you go from a a hard sort of uh, jab dodge posture, then to a wind up and a hitch, they'll just take off running. And, you know, you learn that the thing is, and this is no joke, people react exactly the same way that your motivated dog reacts. Um, talk to me how you teach flips and fake flips and when you do each, because I, I see a lot of flips, but yeah. personally, I think fake flips are actually more, oftentimes more effective and definitely safer And I just wanted to get your opinion on how you teach that.
3: Yeah. Um, That comes with a lot of lacrosse IQ as well. Like if you're the ball handler and you're going to do a fake flip, like knowing where your defender is. Um, So I teach, obviously, um, upfield, right? You always want the the stick to be away from your body upfield. Never in front, obviously, because they can see it. They can check it. Um, And you want to be protecting it behind your body so no one can see the ball. All right. So I also, I teach to flip, like actually flip it up. And like, so it leaves your stick. Some people do, you know, a little cradle. I'm, I like both, but I just think it's more deceptive. If you actually see the ball leaving your stick, like someone's going to, you know, now they got to really, or if they don't see the ball at all, that'd be great too. Yeah. But I like to flip it up and let it leave your stick Um, and then coming off it if I have the ball looking like I don't have it at all like I just like am coming off it the girl that comes off me looks like she has it play it off of that um and it's all about reading the defense too like sometimes I'm going up to a girl like say call is my attacker I'm going up to you like I'm like last second being like all right I'm gonna fake flip it because I think the defender is gonna go to call um and I might be wrong I might be right um but it's all about that deception and reading the defense and knowing when it is a good time because some kids just do it and get back checked and it's a whole disaster.
2: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And that's kind of like what I was getting at as far as safer because like if you're getting pressure, fake it.
3: Exactly. And,
2: and if you're getting pressure, you probably don't want to flip it up to fake it. And, yeah. um, but I mean, I think like the flip it up fake flip is awesome and it it kind of borders on the hidden ball trick. Uh
0: huh. Uh-huh. You know what
2: I mean? So there's like uh-huh. there's different sort of like variations and they're all good actually. Yeah. You I'm just got to do it. It's fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly.
2: that's what I was
3: just going to say. Yeah, it's, and if you work on it, like we do a drill and we did it at Syracuse, like just the 3v2, um, we call it 3v2 GLE flip. It's when the three, um, the two from one side, one from the other, mm-hmm. they come around and they flip. They have to exchange. There's two defenders yeah. in. Then you add four to V3. You're flipping the whole time. Yeah. And you can fake flip or flip, but you have to exchange some type of flip. And that simple drill, like, has created so, so yes. much you know deception and just the the mindfulness of a flip. Um, and I think you've seen it probably when, with us. Oh uh, yeah,
2: for sure. It's a boxer cross drill. Maybe, yeah. for all time. Yeah. You know Carrier. what's interesting too is I kind of feel like you actually don't have to teach it if you just do it.
3: <laughs> I know. And then I I you know I try to do it for them too as well and show them like this is what it should look like.
0: <laughs> look exactly like me. <laughs> <laughs> I try, not seven done, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to do that that much, though. Um, Jamie, do you have any more deception, faking, offensive questions?
2: Uh, I got No, I'm good. <laughs> all right.
0: We'll, we'll probably get back to it. We always I get back. To it. I love it. Just getting a little into the defense. We have chatted a lot on these podcasts about all the zones we're seeing. Do you guys play zone? What, what do you guys do at Wagner? What's your go-to um, type of defense?
3: Yeah, so last year we ran a lot of, um, man, ran a little bit of a a backer zone. And then coming into this year, you know, I wanted to have both. um, And I wanted to be great at both. I didn't want one to just be a fallback. Um, So Tessa and Alex, my assistants, worked really hard at getting our, and obviously all three of us together, worked really hard at getting our, our, a different zone um, put in place. And Tessa coming from the Canadian national team in Louisville, learning under Scott Teeter, um, was awesome, and then Alex having her knowledge of his own as well, and we kind of meshed it together, and um, it was fun, like, we went into playing Hofstra, because we knew that they were heavy Dodgers, um, and two of the best, you know, attacking, you know, unit in the country, and we're like, we need to be, you know, we need to be ready for this, and I, I think we need to throw something different at them, and we did, and thank thankfully we were tied at halftime um (laughs) but but it worked so you know we we do a general man-to-man and then we we worked on a a little bit of a zone with we called them spies and and whatnot so it was fun um but
0: we we went into both and was your zone a high pressure like Syracuse's or a little bit more low pressure a
3: little bit more we hadn't we were kind of testing the waters in a way kind Mm -hmm. of different to some teams um we kind of saw what they were great at and we needed to adjust. Um, Like if someone had a really good feeder, um, kind of a little bit more pressure out there.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Um, But we, we kind of did it differently each time. Um, But generally it was like between the, a little bit outside the 12.
0: Got it. Without giving
3: you all the details, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't want to give too much on you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, but yeah, no, it was it was it was fun. Like the girls love to play it. Um, yeah. They got it pretty quickly. Do a lot of drills to break it down. Um, in you know the simplest form, the zones are kind of crazy. Right, um, and I'm not like I wasn't a defensive like strong minded person and now i feel like i'm learning so much more from my assistant coaches and what they're bringing which are bringing to the table which is awesome um so it's fun to see them like coach it up and, and see our defense be successful
0: it's great though too just to have you guys get good at a zone also for your own offensive improvement like all right now you guys can practice against a good zone yeah. to get ready for your next opponent if it were a zone heavy team
3: Exactly, and like if our offense does well against it, we're like, okay, where are the holes? What's happening? Um, Mm -hmm. And that helped a lot. Um, And I, that's when I would jump in the offense and be like, okay, that side needs to be quicker. Like it needs, you know, to be like that's way too late. That's way wide open. Um, And that was that was fun to see because they adjusted and they were
0: awesome. They were such a unit. That's great.
2: Yeah. What are What are some of the drills you do for your for your zone? Do you do various like you know, uneven type of drill. Yeah, um, or, yeah, we uh,
3: did that. Yeah, yeah. So we did, um, again, not to give you all the details, but we wanted um, to kind of pressure out the ball carrier and to get beat in a way, but like not all the way beat because then the help was there and to try to like clop, like clobber them. So we would do a 2 v one drill and then have someone in the middle um and then they would slide off of that and then look to feed that so we would do stuff like that we would have quadrants so we would make the um the eight we would cone it in fours and then break it down to that and have offensive personnel on each thing and have the slides come from those and where we thought that the girls would be posted up like say there's two in the middle we just differentiate for different type of offenses that we thought we would see and what we thought different um you know, coaches would would adjust to a zone, um so that's kind of what we would what we would do in practice.
2: It's awesome. I did yeah. this drill um a five on five, <clears throat> a five on five uh sort of backer drill. Yeah. So it's cool because basically you're playing a box on defense with a backer or or rover, whatever you want to call it, in the middle. Because it's soft, it's not pressure. Mm-hmm. And but because of that, um it's five on four on the outside, so the defense has to like pass off and rotate and it's hard Mm -hmm. the the only rule for the offense is that they they were required to cut so that we didn't have like you know a ton of three seconds going on yeah um but um i was curious about your thoughts on drills like that
3: yeah we definitely did something like that as well tessa was like tessa and alex were awesome with coming up with drills like that really broke it down um and it was also so great for our offense as well. Like ball handling when you're pressured and seeing the cuts, because that's something that we really need to work on. Um, and it's so funny. I don't know if this ever happens to you guys, but when we're w- focusing on the defense, our offense looks sick. I'm like, why can't we look like that when we're <laughs> on offense? Like, Especially when we do, would do scouts. I'm like, so it's cause you guys are, not think you're just like free flow. You're not worried about messing up. I'm like, I love that. Um, but no, those are definitely drills that we would do as well. And, um, we also would do a drill, and it was it was zone, but it was also for our offense as well. We would do quadrants, and then we would have someone pressuring out on ball, but also doubling from behind them. So we would work on, and each so it only be in the quadrant that the ball is in. So there's pressure on ball, someone behind them, and then they're zoning the rest of the offensive end. And then if we move the ball to the next quadrant, that person has to. It's all about ball handling and the pressure and. Not getting beat as a defensive end on the defensive end, but also offensively, like working with pressure and that it kind of was like not there's like too many people on the field in that way, but it was awesome to like work on ball pressure and handling and because that was something we, we struggle with.
0: Can that attacker that has the ball pressure and the person behind them go right by the first person? Yeah. So there's It's
3: real pressure. Yeah. It's real defense, but they can go. Like it's not like they have to just pass it around. Like right. everyone is live. Okay. Um, but there's an extra person on defense each in each quadrant so like yeah
0: i can draw it up for you i i love that i like that for both defense and like the attacker handling that pressure with someone behind yeah yep because Mm -hmm. it just it and it creates constant
3: communication that Mm -hmm. like is i don't know i think if you could put your team in the best and most stressful situations of practice it makes them for sure because we we struggle with that a little bit with like pressure
0: now going to pressure and just kind of your expertise as well do you guys pressure when you're in your man-to-man do you pressure a lot behind we don't okay you don't like that
3: when you right (laughs) i'm like like, i get scared of people getting like their ankles broken back there like you know (laughs) but i do i again too like we we changed up her team so like our last game was again Mammoth and they had a really really good feeder like any um sorry her conference player the year last year was like mm-hmm. most points um and she we're like okay we can't just let her feed back there like I would love that as a as a, a feeder so we pressure her a little bit more and this line right you know quicker she kind of toasted us a little bit on, in the beginning so we had to adjust but <laughs> you know, we, we're not heavy pressure behind and it, again, it goes from game
2: to game,
3: but not
2: yeah. here. Situational. Yep. Um, I want to ask you about zone offense. And
0: yeah,
2: it's, we're, we're, we're seeing more and more zones, and these zones are getting really good. And, yeah. um, and, and, the, and the reason why they work is because teams, like you said, that are heavy dodgers, um, you know, you're not going to score dodging goals against zones. And yeah. the, the, it seems like there's open people all the time. But, I know, and, and people like, have a hard time finding them so how do you teach that
3: which is like oh, when you see a kid like why don't you're like how do you not see it um <laughs> we do a lot like every day there's a drill that consists of something manna um i think i've always like we always did something like that at syracuse so i and i think it even if it's a 3v2 or, or a 4v3 or whatever it's constantly like forcing you to think and forcing you to find that open player. Um, I always teach to like never turn your back to ball. Like if you are like cutting away, like do 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 do, like you're not. How do you even see that you're you're open? Um, the feeder might not see it, or the feeder does see it, and you don't see it. It's like so. so we're always, you know, making sure that the girls are um, seeing ball. The feeders are seeing the the cutters in the middle. Um, if they don't, I stop the drill. I'm like, okay, what did you see? Because I want to see what what's what's coming from your vision, because you know, I see what's happening. Um, but yeah, we do a drill every single day for the most part that is either man up or a zone like situation, um, to create that lacrosse IQ, I think is the biggest thing.
2: It is. And it's a little bit of, it's different than what girls grow up with too. I know. Um, they don't grow up, they grow up with speed, uh, uh, speed, 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 which is awesome. Um, but you you have to learn how to slow down against these zones. You have to be able to backpedal and drag. You have to be able to hitch and wind up. You have to fake, and carry and throw back in ways that are they're not that hard to do. Actually, they're just not. They're just you, if you just don't grow up doing it, though, it's a little different. I
3: know. I know. And like some of the simplest things too. Like yeah, like drag, and then if you drag the slide, like okay, hit it back because now the slide is even further. You can either tee up for shooting space. Or look in the middle because the girl now flies right. back to you. It's like the symbol concepts. But we like to go like right around, passing it around yeah. now. It's like, no, it's all right, be be deceptive. Like, you got to be deceptive with the ball and be able to like cut and replace and constant movement and always see ball and always eyes up. And But, yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, we, we're constant work, constantly working on because you never know when you're in a zone.
2: Yeah. The last thing on that is um, – I think one of the things that hurts offensive player development at the younger ages is this idea that anytime you're going down the left side, you should be lefty. And anytime you're going down the right side, you should be righty because all it does is screw up your angles. And that's why girls never drag because they're always taught, oh, I'm going to go down this and lose my angle on this side. And until I go to the other side and lose my angle on that side.
3: I know. I know. You need to be more dynamic and just,
0: oh, I, I agree with you. Um, I love that you asked what are you seeing because I've started to do that with my high school girls and they're they're like I didn't even see the open girl I'm like it's because that your shoulders are like a little slightly turned this way so you can't see like if you maybe open up you can see everything so it's like kind of crazy that I hate to yell at them or like how did you not see that unless it's like the fifth time in a row (laughs) but like you know just being like okay you actually you did not see that person, like, or you didn't even know to hesitate to maybe fake and that person's going to be open. So yeah, it's like, a really hard. to
3: play before it develops, too. Like, yeah. I always say, too, like, to the attackers, like, what do you think the defenders are going to do? Reading the defense, reading the slides. Okay, if this girl comes, this girl might back door, and now this girl pops out. Um, and just reading the play before it develops and not a second mm-hmm. late because that's a lot Very of the kids for a second that it's happening. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm being doubled. I'm pressured. I now need to turn my back, and now I'm in a double team. I don't know what to do. Like, And that's another thing we do at practice as well, like force doubles to now get out of it, move it. Someone's open. How do we create an easy play out of free and not, like, stress-free? You know, like, I, know. I love to be doubled. I love a double.
0: Like, <laughs> you you want to get doubled as an attacker. There's a There's a, big, there's a great quote from Hannah Nielsen. And when we were coaching at Colorado together and she was like, she could probably hear me downstairs, but she was like, when I see a double team, I think great. <laughs> 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 um, that is my MO. I'm like,
3: guys, invite the pressure, invite the double. You want to be double. One, that means you're good. Two, or that means they think you can't handle it. Or yeah. somebody, like that's it, make it, make them look silly. Like that's I mm-hmm. I'm like, make them look silly for that.
0: It's huge. Yeah. And like, that's going to go with film. Like you need to get, you need to do it wrong to learn how to do it the right way. So you need to get caught. And then I love just challenging my middies. I'm like, Hey, you are a defender as well. So like, what, what do you do on defense that like they get you? Like you have like kind of a leg up as a midi sometimes knowing it both hands, like, all right. On defense, when the attacker does this, it's really hard. You know, or when they don't do this, it's super easy. You yeah. know, so just do the opposite. Like, I
3: learned from the great defender as well. Like, what you could do when you would stop me, I need to, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. One of the you know, one of the concepts about seeing the field that I want to chat about is, I feel like on defense, everybody tells everybody to have their head on a swivel, right? See your man, see the ball. See your man, yeah. see the ball. See your yeah. man, yeah. see the ball. But what do what do offensive players do? They just stare at the ball. <laughs> And on a if, if you literally just turned your head and looked, you would know what you're going to do with the ball before you get it. Yep. And that is like, you know, that's the whole idea of, you know, that, that's what good players do. Actually in, um, in, in in the pro soccer leagues in Europe, there, there's they, they have analytics in which they actually count head turns.
3: Really? I would um, love of the 10 mm-hmm.
2: seconds before a player sees the ball and they say the yeah, average player. Yep. The average player turns their head three to four times. The elite player turns their head six to eight times in the ten seconds before receiving the ball.
3: I would love to know in, like, a WPLL game or, like, a U.S. game versus, you know, a collegiate game, like, what that would look like, analytically. Yeah. Um, but that's such a great point, Jamie. Like, I totally agree with that. Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm the greatest player ever, but I feel like that is something that I, I definitely do or, you know, I try to do. I try to emulate that because I'm like, yeah, what is happening? okay I'm about to receive the ball like what is going to happen and I want to I want to see the play before it even like unfolds because then that's 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 like unstoppable it also tells you where to be yeah
2: because you know if you're not if you're just looking at the ball you'll catch it and get jammed up sometimes you'll catch it way too far out when you could have been shooting it if you turn your head and look it tells you what your next play is and where you should position yourself that's such a good point such a good
0: point. Like man to man pressure defense. Pressure defense. Some of my attackers like just wait, and I'm like, now you're catching the ball. Like, yeah. so far out. Where if you yeah. moved your defender in and then popped out, yeah, now you can play.
3: Yeah, but that I is know. like critical, and I, I don't yeah. get wiped. Some, you know, if people don't understand it, but it's like mano e mano. Like, what are you gonna do? Like to beat your player? Like if you're just and go? Like it's so easy. Right. To yeah.
2: Soccer is kind of a sport, though, where if you don't do that, you can't even be good.
3: Yeah.
0: It's true. Very true.
3: I played soccer. Did you play soccer, though?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, I mean, and I feel like all we did, my coach, my high school coach was amazing. She played at UVA. She played on the USA team. We did keep Jamie. You would have been in heaven. We did keep away all the time. Oh, same. Like, Love literally that. just oh, keep away. Drills. Yeah, all those box drills. And, like, we just did – You know, every single thing she did at UVA on USA teams, and it just – we barely ever played, like, a scrimmage or, like, a set. We just did keep away, and we all had great touches, saw the ball, moved the ball well, and she'd, like, do some finishing drills with some girls at the end, but we were a very good soccer team, and it was crazy just the amount of keep away we did. I love that you mentioned that because I
3: took a drill from Katrina who I think they did it at UNC – and it was, like, a keep-away and you probably maybe have done it. But it's um, – we called it UNC soccer box drill. <laughs> yeah. But it was um, a 4v3 in both boxes. But on each pass – so there's four people on and on each pass. That's when the defender goes in. If a defender yep. knocks it down, there's three people on the other side on their team. She goes in the next box, and they do a keep-away there. So it's, like, constant keep-away, and it, like, shifts. Um mm-hmm. uh, but it's awesome because it's kind of a, it's a confined space and you're moving the ball, you're seeing it. And like that's another thing too. If they I always say if they pass it to the line where the defense is coming, they're sprinting. Cause they're not thinking. I'm like, why would you pass it there? Like that's really? yeah. and like yeah. I try I to tell them to not know look at
0: that it. it's coming from there. Yeah.
3: And also like not staring at who you're passing at. Like, look at this person now, pass it this way. Like
0: mm-hmm. That's oh. a good drill. Yeah, we used to do yeah. stuff like that all the time. I love thinking about those type of drills and putting in into the lacrosse so We yeah. did it like every other day for the most part. Yeah.
2: What's better than receiving a ball and one-timing it into somebody that's open anyway?
3: Oh, uh, nothing, I don't think. It's as good as it gets. I know, I love the- Except
2: maybe like one-timing it behind the back cross crease or something.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so great. I love passing. I would, I honestly, passing over scoring. I love passing, assists. Of course, my favorite, and and like cost turnovers, right, Kyle? Love Call? Startovers. Love cost turnovers. A good CT. Ooh,
0: love oh. a good CT.
2: What's worse than a six CT called back by a terrible call? Um, um, I, terrible
0: could, I could. highlight like all of my life too. Okay. Yeah.
3: Oh, I got a red card for one of, by being pissed at her for pulling
0: <laughs> my back Again, there's the, there's Really. There was an amazing cause turnover that I had national championship game, and I'll actually never forget it because I got an interception, and then Scott Hiller was yelling at the ref or at player that the ref's name was the same name. So he was saying like, "Jess," and it was really to pass to my one player. Ref calls yellow card, no interception. No. No. Scotty still like apologizes like, "I'm sorry." when we lost, literally Maryland up six nothing. Get an interception, about to go down, like fast break. They call yellow card. They go down. They score. They start wow. their trail of goals. So Scotty was like, "I'm so I'm sorry, I'm like, it's fine." Well, <laughs> like no, no, I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine was against Northwestern in national team championship too. But I understand like why they called it. I guess. Oh, and I kind of remember that. <laughs> I went over yeah Girl, to like get the ball back i got it clean but it wasn't like the safest thing and then the record <laughs> i
0: was like that's a good everyone thinks i like said the meanest things to her." So, no you're the nicest person ever you know, you know if you google my name it doesn't say that no I'm just yeah <laughs> of not know, know who you are you yeah, know exactly. exactly but yeah um, love a good apple what's
2: mm-hmm. your take on two-man game
3: i love it i definitely do it but it's you got to be good at it, I feel, like if to make it work and make it deceptive and make make great plays out of it, um, and that comes with a lot of practice. Um, but, yeah, there's so many things you can do with it, and um, Gary was huge on that, and we worked on that a lot, and um, obviously you can see it as well in his, his game now and his players now. And uh, But, yeah, I love watching the box, the box players do it. It's so easy and, like, so fluid for them. It's just like boop, 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 boop. And watching that is like so fun and seeing, I think more women need to watch, you know, box across and see, you know, emulate
2: it. One of the things Gary was saying that he, that he found hard to teach in two man game this past summer was um, the touch passes in when you're, when you're executing a pick and roll. Mm-hmm.
3: I can see that for sure. I always say that to her, it's a touch pass, no difference. And yeah. like knowing, yeah, knowing difference from just having like a like coming off the the pick, dra- dragging your defender and just toss it in, just, in there,
2: right? And kind of putting it in space, you know. And I think yeah. that's the difference uh, instead of just whipping yeah. it. It's kind of like a lever where you just pop it into yeah. space, mm-hmm. let the player receive. And
3: you want to know something? It's crazy. I um, Nicole Levy's really really good, but that's something we worked on really hard with her when she got to Syracuse. Like she like was a sharp shooter, could rip a shot. Yeah. But that is, like, I remember when I, I coached at Syracuse just for a year. So it was that – that's the one year she was there. And I remembered her coming – I think she was a freshman. And that is, like, that one little touch pass. It was, like – and then as soon as she got it, it changed her game.
0: Um, but, yeah, I agree totally.
2: You've been playing a little I mean, it's a habit. Sorry, I oh, so that makes- like- Go ahead. Is that it's
0: like a habit. You're so used to like passing the ball one yeah, way, one like way, one way. Right in a needle or, you know, yeah. And like there's t-
3: there's time and space for that. And, you know, I mm-hmm. I just think that you need to, need to know the difference between for sure a needle, you know, or, or touch pass. And, mm-hmm. and again, yeah, into space, not like right here. Putting it into space. So all you got to do is
0: especially when you're in the eight, like people don't understand, like it's like literally the matter of an inch a second. If it's the wrong spot, it's the difference between a goal and not a goal.
3: I know. And it's so beautiful when you like execute it. Well, it's so, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: well played, so fun and so beautiful.
2: It's awesome. The question. I just want to
0: to kind of chat about recruiting world right now. We like to give some parents and players just, you know, some hopeful things to do during this quarantine time as it's like a dead period what do you think the kids should be doing Is focus on getting better themselves focusing on film i think both yeah
3: being proactive and being smart because i don't think this is gonna you know solve i mean or be done anytime soon especially dating a pa that's in new york city at a hospital right now like she's like comes home every day and be like it's horrible so um, I think they just need to be calm and positive and, and definitely yeah, put together some highlight tapes even if it's like them in the backyard like do show them show everyone what you're doing right now and put together yeah. that um,
0: Great
3: call. and send it out to coaches you know and, and do whatever you can um, but yeah it, it's everyone's in the same boat and I know the 22s are probably freaking out but
0: um, we're on this together and it, it's it's all going to be okay Everything's Right. Okay. I think that's a really good point that we're all on it together it's not like some 22s are getting yeah, ahead exactly. of us you know like We're all gonna start at the same time and then we're gonna make the best of the time we get, you know? Everyone
3: will find a home. Everyone will be, you know, able to get access to clinics and camps if if they're virtual, if they're not, like depends. But Mm -hmm. um, I would just say, keep that positivity. Everything will work out, work hard in your backyard, film it if you want to, send it to coaches, Um, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's
2: awesome stuff. Michelle, thanks so much for coming on and talking across with us. It was awesome.
3: Thank you so much, guys. This is so fun. I love it. We can do this even if it's not a podcast.
2: The Philocrosophy podcast is brought to you by Oxia Time, a cool watch company focused on university branded watches. John Canaris is the founder of Oxia Time, and he was the goalie at Penn in the late 80s, who led his team to the Final Four. John is actually best known for being the goalie that Gary Gate dunked on in the Air Gate. Oxia Time makes beautiful, Swiss-made, authentic watches whose design and quality match the essence of the universities they represent. I can attest to the quality of these watches. John hooked me up with a sweet Brown University Oxia watch, and I think it's the nicest thing I own. Initially licensed with eight Ivy League schools, Oxia keeps adding new schools each month. One of the coolest things Oxia offers is custom timepieces to commemorate championships or to celebrate storied teams. Check out the UVA lacrosse championship watch. It's sick. Princeton did a really nice one last year as well. OXIA even did an LSU football championship watch this year. For any teams interested in creating a custom watch this season, OXIA will upgrade it at no extra cost to a championship watch if your team wins a conference or national championship next year. For players, parents, and coaches interested in custom team watches, check them out at oxiatime.com. That's AXIA time dot com.